0: Listener supported, WNYC Studios.
1: Previously on Financial Therapy from Death, Sex, and Money.
2: Do you guys have any sort of regular money talks with each other? No, we've tried, but
3: it's never worked.
0: Like I used to have kind of like personal goals monetarily, and I don't feel like I have any because I don't. I don't feel like I have that control.
3: I think my fear is like seeing you. You know, choosing to do things that spark an interest in the addict part of your brain.
0: You don't have to worry about me making drastic decisions that are gonna alter our life.
2: I still feel like I don't get let in fully. This is Financial Therapy from Death, Sex and Money. I'm Amanda Clayman. And I'm Anna Sale.
1: Over the last few weeks, we've been sitting in on financial therapy sessions between Amanda and a married couple we're calling Cora and Garrett. Amanda is a licensed clinical social worker who specializes in helping people sort out their money issues. And if you missed the first two episodes before this one, go back and listen to those first.
2: I met with Cora and Garrett over two months earlier this year. In our sessions, we talked about all that's changed in their relationship since Cora learned about Garrett's secret gambling habit, an $18,000 gambling debt. We also heard more about his suicide attempt late last year. Garrett is an ironworker, and Cora is a teacher and artist. And as we talked about their feelings about money and how they communicate about it, they were also working hard to pay down that debt. Cora and Garrett now have another
1: big change ahead. They're expecting a baby next month.
2: How are you guys uh, doing today? I'm so
3: tired and feeling very pregnant today.
1: (laughs) In this final session with Amanda, Cora and Garrett talk about their future as a family of three. And they started things off by telling her about their recent appointment with a financial advisor.
2: Tell me how that came about. I was talking to my mom,
3: just kind of like, I still don't know what I'm doing and blah 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 blah. and then she was she was like um well we see this really great guy and he's super good at being neutral because you're because you know your stepdad and I have a lot of money you know complex too and he's been really good for us to talk to so we were like well why not so we made an appointment with him and it was like on a Friday after work. So then of course we were like, Oh yeah. <laughs> and then, but then we did it and it was, um, what do you, what did you think of it?
0: Yeah. He, he was, uh, he's just very, um, matter of fact, you know, he's, he's not privy nor interested or committed to our emotional state about money. So it was nice to hear, um, uh, to, you know, a third perspective, fourth perspective on where we're at right now and what we can be doing.
2: What kind of advice did he have?
0: He talked about uh, having goals, like having a six month savings, um, six months of expenses saved, and then how to approach buying a home, things like that, that were kind of like uh, based around the things that we are kind of aspiring to do.
2: hmm.
3: Yeah. And it was very like nice and neat and not, you know, messy, I guess, or muddled. It was just very clear cut. But also we we were able to talk a lot about ourselves and what you know it's gonna look like when we have a baby and how that will change things, because that's something that's been on our minds a lot.
2: Did you guys talk to him about um a timeline? So like there are goals around saving for the emergency fund, goals around um, saving up for housing down payment. Um, did you talk about where debt fits in to these other goals?
0: We he, We told him all the numbers. So calculated the numbers based on where we were at right now. He said, okay, so based on that, you should be able to either eliminate a majority of your debt by, you know, by, I think it was something like a year or a year and a half or something like that. And then he said,
3: he said you need to eradicate the debt before anything else.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, but the general time and the general timeline, I think for everything was somewhere in the matter of three years or so, I think.
3: To me, it felt really nice to have it laid out a little bit more like I was feeling like I wasn't capable of handling it, like doing the math basically. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, pretty cut and dry actually. Like I'm overthinking it. Like I I I'm doing it right. I just like all those, you know, spreadsheets I built when I was freaking out before are actually gonna be really helpful.
2: Great. So it and it sounds like it it affirmed too your sense of like, okay, we have the capability to do this. We can trust our own assessment and our own judgment here.
3: Yeah. Cause I think what like the mistake I made or we made, I think it started with me. It was like calling these, you know, like debt forgiveness places or consolidation places, like these financial wellness companies and asking for advice and like them basically selling, like trying to sell a product, you know? Yeah. And then he was able to say like, no, yeah, it's really messed up that you have this debt, but also it's totally okay. And you can get past it. And like, it's very
2: attainable. And Garrett, how do you feel about that when you, when you heard that perspective?
0: Um, I, I, I've, I have I had a lot of, uh, faith in Cora's financial aptitude, like right off the bat and just, like we spoke about before, it's it was kind of a weight off my shoulders a little bit to have somebody else taking care of the finances and kind of give a little bit of a respite for that. So when he said, you know, okay, based on you know making these three set kind of decisions, you can get you can um, eradicate the debt, eradicate it. Um, I that, liked that word. That was uh, <laughs> that was really um, yeah, really affirming.
3: But also, we did talk a little bit about the fact that Garrett is in recovery and you know has this th- this history that is the reason we have this part of this debt. And you know, he said part of that recovery also needs to come with some like like a budget for him to be able to do things that he enjoys because that gives like positive steps forward and like a reason to go to work. you know, like how we had talked about how hard it is when things are tight and then Garrett's maybe gets to a dark place and I was like well why am I even working then <laughs> if we can't you know so I feel like I was able to be like okay no it's okay like we should once in a while do some nice things And like he made up like an Amazon return mm-hmm. for like work stuff like mm-hmm. so got some new clothes at Kohl's like on super sale but like it was like you know what? Yeah. Like we do sometimes need new clothes. (laughs) Things that I honestly am like, nope, I, we don't need that. So Mm -hmm. I guess things like that still make me nervous when there's like debt involved, but I feel like that like gave me permission to be a little freer about, about that.
2: And Garrett, you told him about getting into a dark place when it comes to money. You talked about that.
0: Uh, we talked. We talked about my issues with gambling and why the uh, why the current kind of setup is the way it is, as far as who's handling finances. Because mm-hmm. that was one of the leading questions. Like, how how do you handle finances? Who's, who's, are you? Do you do it together, or you know, somebody the primary financial person?
3: Yeah, I kept getting awkward because then he would be like, "Wait, why do you not?" do it together in some way collaboratively. <laughs> we were like oh and so it did end up coming up but I don't know how you thought about that but
0: I know that well that I good. mean it's not a, the most comfortable thing to talk to somebody mm-hmm. about that's mm-hmm. for sure. yeah uh, I guess I would have preferred that we didn't have to mention it but it's kind of like the elephant in the room a little bit was uh, coming up with a system.
2: Yeah this is the thing that that is maybe different between like um, straight financial advice and financial therapy is that there may need to be a a period of kind of um, digging into the the mess, if you will, of, of what stands between where you are today. And where it is that you'd like to go. It's not as simple as here's the perfect sort of way to organize this. Now just go do it. I mean, if that was the case, I would have zero clients because that's essentially <laughs> my business model is all about. <laughs> like the reasons that we can't do the things that or we don't feel ready to do the things that are are that we're supposed to do when it comes to money. You know what I mean?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It's not always that cut and dry.
2: I'm I'm thinking that it may be helpful to to reframe the way that money has taken on the category of chore in your life if we can instead move money from that chore category into more of an intimacy builder or potential intimacy builder and and instead of saying i want to opt out of this and and hand it over to you to think of this as a place where you really get to build something together and that this is a place to solicit your partner's participation and input so think of money as an opportunity for you to share some of these things that you might be more inclined to hold back like I know Cora for you we talked about like like sometimes you get anxious because you feel like is Garrett really okay or is he not okay and he's hiding his not okayness from me? Mm-hmm. And to make a, a practice of it being okay for you to come over and go like, knock, knock, is there a wall here? And Garrett to go, hey, there's a door. Look, I'm showing you the door. And what's behind the door? And the answer is either like, yes, there was something here maybe that you were sensing or nope, I'm totally good. But you, Cora, get reassured by just not having to hold on to, like, am I being needy? Am I being judgmental? Is he going to react in a negative way if I share this, the fact that I'm feeling really anxious and disconnected? Um, and that in itself becomes an opportunity for connection.
3: Well, and its it has been an opportunity for us, for sure. Like, I feel like we had that conversation and I've been, like, able to ask that more And you've been, you know, Carrot, you've been like okay with me asking it, you know. But also, I think we've been, we've been better about checking in with each other in a way that isn't assuming that there is something wrong, but instead just be like, "How are you feeling? And what's on your mind?" And that's been really good.
1: of Cora and Garrett's last session with Amanda, after the break. This is Financial Therapy from Death, Sex and Money. I'm Anna Sale. Last year was a difficult one financially for Cora and Garrett. They both lost work due to the pandemic. And while they both received some unemployment, Garrett spent much of his on gambling. That habit added to their credit card debt, which they held on top of student loan debt. And then, after Garrett's suicide attempt last year, there was medical debt, about $2,000 in unpaid hospital bills. Since the start of this year, though, they've both had steady work, and Cora's been making payments on their credit card debt, which has the highest interest rate, every time they both get paid.
3: Every time Garrett gets a paycheck, he will send me a mostly chunk of it and then save a little bit of it and tell me what he's doing with that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, and then we'll have like a a text conversation, you know, like on Friday morning or whatever, Mm -hmm. or we'll talk after work about what he's planning to do with that money and like what, like, like sometimes I'll say, you know, this is the big chunk of debt that I'm paying off with this other money. And then he'll be like, well, can we pay our rent if you do that? And then I'll be like, yeah. (laughs) And then since we had the conversation with the financial advisor and I really looked at the numbers, I was like, oh, we can pay this off a little faster right now because of the way things are doing and then save some money. And so we actually just got done paying off the credit cards, which is super exciting. Wow. Hey,
2: Yeah. yeah, that is awesome.
3: Yeah, I'm like super happy about it.
2: I see this big smile on your face. I see you guys looking at each other.
3: Yeah, so that's like a big, you know, that's one less thing looming over us. And then we have what?
2: Uh, yeah.
0: Agreed.
3: Are you annoyed?
0: No, I was just agreeing with you.
3: Okay. I,
0: I, I don't want to interrupt. I'm literally listening to what you're saying. Okay. Yes, I agree.
3: So. knock. Knock. <laughs> I'm wondering I'm feeling like maybe you're
2: annoyed
0: with something that I said. No, oh my gosh, no! i this Literally, is, did checking, not want to interrupt what I'm you were checking, saying. Checking, I'm checking I'm in trying
3: with you right okay. now.
0: Well, no, I I don't feel that way. I was just trying to uh be an active participant in the conversation and not interrupt you. Literally, that's it. Did it you just just nodding my head. All I wanted to add was yeah.
2: Do you guys feel like? job well done like do you feel proud of yourself and or selves and or each other
3: i do but i haven't i i feel like one of them like we paid off the credit cards i'm super excited and that garrett maybe isn't as excited as i expect him to be i'm not that excited or wish he would.
2: how about this how about this if if you are feeling like you would like praise for this, um, you can literally say, and and this is so cheesy and I recommend it to all my clients and I do it in my house as well. <laughs> this is a tool I came up with literally for myself um, and it is called, I would like praise. Mm, yeah. I looked at the numbers and I determined that we could pay off our debt faster and we paid off this credit card and I would like praise.
3: Yeah, I guess that is part of it. Uh, But I also feel like I feel personally connected to, like, wishing that he would want praise, which isn't my place. But, like, or wishing that he would be proud of himself, too, because he's been working really hard for that.
0: Well, do you want praise?
3: Well, yeah. But, like, I see. Yes, I love that technique and I think that's a really good idea but it's like this like mutual thing where I'm like proud of us though like there's like there's me and there's him and then there's us and I'm like proud of us but you're not proud of us I can tell and that makes me well it's not not that I'm not proud of
0: us (laughs) that would be not a accurate way of describing it I'm not just I'm just not uh like jumping out of my socks or whatever I'm just not head over heels about the about everything, because I know that this is just one stage. Don't get me wrong, and I, I feel uh, almost more stressed about it than I do feel like willing to be con- congratulatory about my you know.
3: Yeah, so that's why I don't really bring it up.
0: You've done an excellent job monitoring the finances, and and for what it's worth, your fiscal responsibility with the money that you are contributing to everything is pretty amazing
3: thank you but like i guess what i more want is that you can look at our relationship from your individual vantage point and be like okay we did a good job we did a good job
0: yes you're right we are on our way
3: no we did a good job at this step of the way
0: (laughs) Okay. I just, I don't know. Uh,
3: Chunks. It's like a to-do list. I make to-do lists so I could check off the things on the to-do list. So this is one of the checks, but it's a bigger check, and it deserves some happy feelings to get us through the day slash
2: our lives. Where do you get to be proud, Garrett, and excited and happy? If this is one step in many like what is the end step where where the happy accomplishment happens
0: for me it would be uh it would be recouping all the money that i gambled away and the money you know saving enough to essentially be the equivalent of the amount of debt
2: so repaying catching up on what was lost and a commensurate amount of savings.
0: Yeah, because the amount of money that I gambled is not necessarily the amount of money that we owe. I don't know. I have a, it's a a big number.
2: You know, these are things, I can't remember if I've shared my philosophy with you before, which is that money often points us toward those places in our, our lives or in our relationship where we most need to grow and heal. It's like there was a moment, Corey, you shared the news, hey, we've paid off the credit card. And you had a particular emotional response to that, which was happiness and pride and wanting to share that, not just be in that by yourself, but wanting to reach out to Garrett and share that with him. And the feeling that you got back from Garrett was that he was not in that boat with you. And so these are all places where like, if we can tolerate the, the frustration of needs being unmet, if we can sort of let that, let that exist for a minute, we can find out a lot more about sort of the work that would need to be done in order to really be in that kind of a moment together. And it may be Garrett, like once you hear yourself describe, huh, well, if I'm being specific, I feel like the debt has to be repaid. I feel like I have to save this. I feel like maybe this is something I need to explore more in my recovery program because this seems to be really about um, maybe feeling guilty about the consequences of my behavior. So I, I might need to do some work on that, et cetera. So this is where your money and discussions about your money are helping you see the lay of the land, if you will, about how to keep reaching for each other, even through these points of, of difference or a little bit of friction even between the two of you. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. To be fair, though, the question was how about how I feel about it, right? It wasn't about necessarily how I feel about how we've done with money or about how I feel like we could do. I, I think my, my feeling about how I feel about myself is different than how I feel about us as a couple
3: I guess I'm thinking of it more about us in general when I think about it
1: after the break Cora and Garrett talk about having a baby and what they want to model for their child when it comes to money Hey, it's Anna. With one quick thing before we get back to the show, we are working on an episode about decision fatigue. A year and a half into this pandemic, uncertainty feels like the new constant as the facts on the ground keep changing and we're all trying to figure out how to respond and what contingency plans we need to develop, and it's all gotten pretty tiresome. So we want to help you with one decision you are struggling with. Tell us about it by recording a voice memo and send it to us at wnyc.org. We are assembling a panel of friends and experts to weigh in and help you out. Maybe it's something as big as whether to move to a new place or change jobs or whether to cut your hair. Maybe you're trying to suss out whether you need a change or are just really tired. Tell us something you are having a hard time making a choice about again record your voice memo and send it to us at deathsexmoney at wnyc.org
2: this is financial therapy from death sex and money i'm amanda clayman so a few minutes ago you were talking about like when i asked about like what's the mechanism for for staying on plan and and you have a sense of like each week Coral looks at sort of where the money needs to go. Um, Garrett, you are talking about like this was my paycheck, and I put some of this over here in savings, and here's this here's a portion of it to go into household expenses, etc. Um, and then there's a, a flurry of texts that get exchanged <laughs> around sort of the, the mechanics of what's happening is that correct pretty much yeah no. no no
3: oh how would you describe it I would describe
2: it
0: as i wake up at fr- Friday morning it's by the time normally by the time eight o'clock rolls around Cora has had has received about 98 percent of the money that I have for that week
3: mm-hmm.
0: through zeal Zell or Zell Whichever one. <laughs> then, after that, uh, from my perspective, right at this moment, I don't have much input. It doesn't. It's not necessarily a negative thing, one way or the other. I just uh, that's where we're at right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then there is some money, a certain portion of that money that is money that I I choose to, but either save for specifically for something for myself or uh just kind of general savings. So that but that as far as far as my understanding is, the only time that there's any like real text exchange like that is is for um when we don't necessarily um fall like we don't have a parallel thinking about how something how money is being spent. That's it.
2: I just want to explore, though, and make sure this doesn't get lost. Like, Garrett is—I'm picking up on maybe some—a feeling of discomfort on some level that this has has gone as far as it has sort of into Cora's domain. Would it be fair to say that you want there to be more— Mutuality in this than there currently is.
0: Well, I have I have a certain amount of autonomy, and I also have like almost like not ultimate say, but I like I basically have the like the money's being put into my account, so it's like it's almost like a test every time. Like, all right, I'm doing the right thing. It's actually a good thing for me to be able to do the right thing in that moment and feel like I am too.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah because we thought about setting up like a like putting the money that you make into our joint account
0: mm-hmm. so the and we have at this point we have all the passwords of course are shared and Cora can go look at my account and uh, if there's activity there's text sent to her phone and to mine and emails blah 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 anyways so the, to answer your question i feel uh i i I like the level of autonomy that i have as far as where we're at right now i did feel a little bit reluctant i get vacation checks which is a very awesome perk of my job Mm -hmm. uh every six months we get vacation checks so twice a year you get vacation check and it's commensurate to how much time you've worked so you literally get a check based on how much how hard you work Mm. which is like great you know because if you work really hard you're like oh, there's going to be like a several thousand dollar check coming. And it's, I, my wasn't great because I didn't work. I was laid off so much, but it was like a lot of money. And I did feel a little reluctance giving that over. I have mm. to say, I did feel a little bit like, oh my God, this sucks.
3: But you made a, what we talked about that. And then you made a choice about that.
0: Yes. And I, I took a uh, a percentage of the money and I invested it.
3: Which is not something that I was, like, super comfortable with. But we talked about having, like, um, an amount of money that he could do what he wanted with, like, yeah, like donate it to charity or invest it or spend it on
2: donuts.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I have, I have so, the autonomy of that, which is, I think, for right now is good enough.
2: Yeah. I think you guys, you guys are doing great. honestly like like that all sounds very healthy and healthy is not always easy healthy choices are often very hard choices so i think the fact that like you know it hurts to give up that money that that feels very yours in a certain situation
0: yes it does feel very yeah
2: that to acknowledge the the pain of that and how that feels is much healthier than cutting ourselves off from it or trying to avoid it completely. Like that's when we're getting more into like an addiction mentality of, of I don't want to face the reality of how I feel. Um, I'm going to avoid it. So I'm, I'm curious we are at the conclusion of our work and in the beginning there was crisis, right? We are looking at some, impending changes ahead for you guys to say the least um and i'm i'm curious where you guys feel like you are when you think about that moment in time and everything that was happening then versus where you are today
0: um i i had the feeling last night of just being appreciative of Both Cora and the natural progression of time, I guess, like things have naturally kind of moved forward Um, and a lot faster. Honestly, a lot of things have progressed a lot faster than I would have anticipated them progressing in a positive way, Um, both financially and also just in our relationship and just kind of like things getting back to normal a little bit.
2: What kind of things are you noticing, Garrett?
0: Um, I'm noticing, I'm noticing that, um, we have been able to laugh together a lot more. I mean, we're definitely petty arguers as well, but we've been able to laugh together a lot more. Um, as of late, like we would have historically done and we've had a family around a lot, which has been helpful. I think just to get, make things feel more grounded and then we have ha- habits and schedules that are consistent. You know, we're making dinner together every night. Now- it's just this, these little things that contribute to everything feeling kind of normal again.
2: Mm-hmm. Would you say that you're feeling closer to Cora? Yeah, I feel closer to
0: Cora. I mean, I, I, the fact that we're having a child together is pretty significant in that equation. Um, I think because it's, it is, it is a, like, it's a big deal and a big responsibility, but it's also a big connection, you know, connector for the two of us. And then we also just, we've been talking more. So.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cora, how about for you? What has changed for you in this time?
3: Yeah, I feel like we are closer and I feel like we can have a lot more of a lightheartedness to our conversations and Talk about hard things without it getting as heated all the time. And like, we still have moments where it's hard to talk about certain things, but it's got like, it's overall gotten a lot better. And I feel like I've gotten a lot more grounded just in how I approach certain things and how I see them, like monetarily and stuff like that. And feeling maybe a little bit more confident and, you know, how I approach it versus like fearful. And you know, we've been able to, you know, we we went up to visit his parents. They have a cabin in northern Michigan, and we went up to visit and we our big family purchase for the summer we decided would be a wind chime. <laughs> so we picked out a really nice wind chime. and like that was our big, exciting thing and we like have been sitting in the living room listening to it on the porch and it's been really nice <laughs> and I don't know I feel like la- like a year ago I would have been like oh my god like we're not spending money on a wind chime but then we would have spent money on like a bunch of little things um and like that feels nice like and it's something that like we feel like oh we're grown ups and we're gonna buy a wind chime and then our baby's gonna listen to the wind chime too and <laughs> and like we but like we can enjoy that like truly and that's nice
2: what kind of a a household and a relationship and an environment do you want to have between the two of you as you become parents in terms of what you are going to teach this child about money and how it works
3: i want to be seen working hard because we do but i also want to be seen enjoying life because that's the most important thing
0: well i have never been like really great at saving money uh historically so i want to keep fostering that yeah and have that be a consistent model for our child
2: and what will he hear his mom and dad talking about when they're talking about money I think I would
3: I would like us to be collaborative, seen as being collaborative. <laughs> we can pretend. No, I'm just kidding. But no, I think that's important because I think that it wasn't ever modeled for us like a healthy way of mutually handling money. Like I not one of our parents did that.
2: Even modeling healthy conflict. And what do we do when we see things differently? Like that that there are ways that we can disagree and share our points of view and still respect what our partner has to say and still be able to tolerate those feelings and show up and deal with them honestly that that end up being the best lessons that we can learn about money because the things that are hard about money it's not it's not the encyclopedic stuff the things that are hard about money are the the much more personal aspects of it, the much more emotional aspects of it. And, and I think that you guys you know you were kind of thrown into a crash course about that. Um, but throughout this process you have consistently really searched yourselves and then looked to each other to try to to find answers and to find places to grow and to try to find places to connect and be healthier. And you're certainly allowed to have different points of view. This isn't about one person capitulating to the other and saying, okay, you are correct and I was incorrect. This is, this is the process by which we get to know ourselves better and think about what it's like to not only be an individual, but to be part of the team. So it has really been a joy and an honor for me to share this space. So thank you.
3: Thank you, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's uh, definitely tough conversations, and but they're really important.
3: It's been really an opportunity for us to reflect on some things yeah. with intention that we might
0: otherwise have
3: brushed under the rug.
1: Since Garrett and Cora had this final session with Amanda, they've kept paying down their debt. And Garrett's continued having steady work. Cora sold a couple of big art pieces, and they've gotten the $18,000 of gambling debt all the way down to under $3,000. They're hoping to have it all paid off by the time their baby comes in September. Garrett has been sober from alcohol, drugs, and gambling since November of last year. And Amanda Clayman, again, thank you so much for having these conversations with Cora and Garrett on our show. I've learned a lot from listening,
2: thanks, Anna. It really was very meaningful to work with Cora and Garrett. You know, every every struggle is unique in its own way, but uh, so much of what they're going through is also really universal. and i I bet a lot of people can identify.
1: Yeah, I certainly could. I got a lot from just hearing you talk about using moments of conflict in a relationship as as sort of moments of opportunity to realize that there are some things that you could learn about each other.
2: That's right. And so much of the work becomes how do we recognize the feelings that are coming up and look for the information that those feelings carry with them, while still being able to sort of stay in a frame of mind that allows us to be constructive and collaborative and connected.
1: And less uh, thinking about how we're going to win the argument. Is that what you're saying, Amanda? Oh, yes, I know. <laughs> the brain The brain
2: so loves to win an argument. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to hear more from Amanda about her principles for financial intimacy within couples, you can listen to the NPR podcast Life Kit. She's on their most recent episode. Life Kit is available wherever you listen
2: and at npr.org/slash Life Kit. And if you're struggling with a gambling problem, call the National Problem Gambling Helpline at 1-800-522-4700. Or you can get peer support by going to GAMtalk.org. That's dot org. Finally, if you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, please tell someone. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255.
1: This special series was produced by Yasmin Khan and Katie Bishop with the rest of the team at Death, Sex, and Money. Me, Yellow Duke, and Emily Botine with additional editing by Annabelle Bacon and Jenny Lawton. Thank you to our interns who also helped get this out in the world, Marty Harding and Christy Song, who are moving on from their summer with us. Good luck to both of you.
2: Andrew Dunn is our mix engineer. Original music by Isaac Jones. You can find me, Amanda Clayman on Instagram, at Amanda Clayman and on Twitter, at Amanda Clay. And you can find all of our past financial
1: therapy episodes with Amanda at deathsexmoney.org slash financial therapy. While you are on our website, sign up for our newsletter. That is how we stay in touch with all of you and keep you updated about special projects just like this one. I'm Anna Sale, and this is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC.